So guys, if you haven't met Tyler Tolman before, a lot of you guys know Tyler, um, incredible human being, uh, dear friend of mine. We've worked together for a lot of years and seeing you grow, man, from, you know, nobody knew you back in the day and now you've got a massive following. Don't let it go to your head. I know that it sometimes does for all of us, right? Uh, but it's a pleasure to see what you've been able to do and bring so much wisdom to people uh, out there in the world. So I'm really excited to jump into this conversation around what's going on you know, at this very interesting time. I'm calling it the time of transition instead of the crazy time because uh, it is a transition, I believe, and we'll dive into that conversation as well. But um, for anyone that is just meeting you, give us a quick background on who you are and, and what you stand for. Um, well, um, my main background is health. My dad was like a really big health guru in the United States for many years. When I say health guru, he was just into health. He was running fasting programs out at his farm for many years and had a genuine, like, you know, just a heart space of wanting to help people to heal because he saw a lot of people with cancer and heart disease and children affected, et cetera. So, you know, he traveled around the world for many years, like learning from the longest of cultures, staying with people, that sort of thing. I was inspired at 13 years of age, like saw everything that was happening. Um, I grew up standard American diet, lifestyle, that sort of stuff in the city you know, hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, school, this sort of thing, suppression, not a lot of love. Um, and when I went out for the first time when I was 13 to stay with my father for a summer, it was just like completely different way of living. It was 200 acre farm, growing his own food, trees, you know, like a small lake on his property. Um, and yeah, he would invite people out for one month each summer to go through kind of like a detoxification program. A lot of people were coming just because they were interested. A lot of, most of people were sick though. Uh, so I had the job of like, you know, taking vegetables out of the garden, putting them through a juicer. And I just had like a complete, you know, whole paradigm shift. Like, oh my God, like people can love each other and be out in the sun and like be in nature and eat fruits and vegetables and have this like experience of, going out to a garden and actually picking a tomato, one of these heirloom tomatoes. And my dad just like, you know, we got there. He's like, Oh, I'm, he was so excited. He's like, Oh, we're going to get a tomato. We're going to get the best one. I'm like, what? We're just going to eat a tomato. Like, don't you put that on a hamburger or something, you know? And I remember the experience of just like seeing these massive tomatoes in the garden. I'm like, you know, it was almost like first time I actually had the connection, like, Oh, food grows. Like, out of the ground for free, like 13 years old, kind of just never really thought about it. And he sliced this heirloom tomato and just put these big slices on a plate, put some salt on it. And he's like, here. And I'm like, um, you want me to eat that? And he's like, yeah, just eat it. And I'm like, okay. And I like took this bite out of this heirloom tomato. And I remember first time in my life actually having this like, oh my God, it was so good. Um, and just this experience, like I didn't realize I could just eat a tomato for a meal. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and ate, who knows, probably two or three <laughs> big heirloom tomatoes and was stuffed and just in this experience, like, oh my God, that was amazing. So yeah, anyways, the, the really the thing was I saw people go through this process of healing, mm -hmm. you know, getting out in the sun, going for long walks, hearing my dad doing discourses about what he called the principles of health uh, and just being super inspired. And then I'd go back to Spokane, Washington, big city for another school year, depressed, 
started smoking cigarettes, started smoking marijuana, started drinking, started getting involved in the wrong crowds. And then all of a sudden, you know, the next summer, you know, my mom would be like, oh, you're going to see your dad again. It was like I was living these two different lives. As soon as I got on an airplane, I was like, no more smoking, no more drinking. You know, it was like I showed up being the person that I actually really liked and knowing that, oh, I get to see my dad and be around in this different vibe. So it was like these two polar opposite and around 16, living back in Spokane, got kicked out of school for marijuana, got, you know, all these in the wrong crowds, as you do, you know, you have no love, you not have the motivation, no father figure around, you know, my older brother was my father figure who smoked pot and, you know, did drugs, because that's what you do when you're 16, 17, 18. Um, and around that age, I fully went to live with my father full time and made like a decision at that point. You know what? I don't like the person that I am in this side of things. And I want to be this other person. And I like really dedicated my life to just being of service and showing up and listening and learning. And I did that for probably seven years, just working for my father and doing everything that he was about um, because he was all about just helping people to heal and all this sort of thing. And then fast forward to about 20, 2009, uh, I moved to Australia and decided to start running my own fasting programs, which my father had stopped doing a decade or two prior. And just to like, cause that was like the time in my life where I just had the most connection and inspiration watching people to heal. I was like, that's what I want to do for a living is like run these fasting programs. And as you know, you helped me in Bali to run these fasting programs and you were our adventure guide and it was a lot of fun. And so for many years, we ran those programs, 30 to 50 people, you know, only seven days at a time for, for that program. And then I saw that, you know what, people with cancer and heart disease and diabetes and Lyme disease and digestive conditions, they need more time. Because mm -hmm. So everybody's coming to me like, oh, this is amazing and I feel great in the seven days, but it's only seven days. So we created a clinical fasting program with clinical fasting doctor and all kinds of modalities, mental and emotional clearing techniques and massage and reflexology and chiropractic, osteopractic, you name it. If anybody was saying they could get major results with cancer or something similar, we would bring them in and pay them to be a part of these 30-day programs, Heal Thyself Bali. That's what I've been doing for many years now and having radical success um, and I've learned an absolute lot about reading blood tests, reading the eyes, you know, looking at signs of how the body is healing and, and helping people regain their health. And, you know, I still do coaching. As you know, in the past three years, I've launched a Heal Thyself Academy, which is teaching other people how to become Heal Thyself coaches yeah. to do what I do. And for the last couple of years, I've got you know, dozens of coaches out there that are actually working with people with cancer, heart disease, diabetes, changing their lifestyle, getting to the core principles of what actually makes the change, which is drinking water, eating fruits and vegetables, exercising, you know, mindset, emotional balance, all this sort of stuff. And mm. yeah, and you know, you and I have been disconnected for a couple of years and you've gone off on the awesome like permaculture and that sort of thing. And I've kind of been sticking to what I've been doing, and now we kind of have this reconnect uh, where you invited me to come have a chat. So that's yeah, that's, awesome. that's that gives people probably a good foundation. That is a good foundation. And, yeah, you, so you spoke a lot about um, your father. So for those that don't know, Don Tolman was one of the sort of pioneers of the natural health movement. Uh, back in the day when natural health was like for crazy hippies, 
that your dad wasn't really a hippie. He was a cowboy hat, big mustache wearing <laughs> loud American guy <laughs> out yeah. there preaching, hey, if we just come back to nature, then we're all going to be fine. Um, and he really carried a, a lot of the burden um, through those times, you know, to, for what is today just natural. Like it's back to natural. People realize that this way of living is just essential. You know, and I think more and more people are waking up because of more and more sickness, uh, more and more disconnection, more depression, more anxiety. People are starting to realize, God, I'm so far removed from nature, from my natural way of being, that people are wanting to come back to that. And, um, yeah, what you've been able to do over the last decade, I didn't realize you moved to Australia in 2009. Yeah, so I met you in Bali in 2011. Um, yeah, I think it was 2011. So, yeah, man, and seeing your early days of getting the juice fasting started and now, you know, when we're allowed to, you're traveling Australia and speaking to hundreds and thousands of people around Australia. Um, but you've got a real passion for what's going on at the moment as well, because, you know, obviously you and I have both seen that there's going to be some crazy times ahead. We didn't know what it was going to be, but we were being squeezed into something. It seems now that there is a, a choice that a lot of people are making, whether they are getting more, more in fear or they're getting more awakened you know, and some people are getting awakened and then going into fear because they're afraid of what's to come. Um, what do you reckon is the, the greatest things that we can do right now for those people that are waking up and choosing, hey, like a lot of people are like, hey, there's got to be something better than this, right? Where do you reckon this is all going and what do you, what do you think we need to do in order to prosper in these times ahead? Yeah, that's a really great question. And, you know, I've got videos 2015, 2016, 2014, talking about 2020. And, you know, 2020, we talk about, oh, I've got 2020 vision. What does that mean? That means you have perfect vision to be able to see what's going on physically. Yeah. And I really see 2020 as this year where we would have this perfect vision and see the truth. Mm -hmm. I think that the media and governments and society in general has really been lied to in a very big way for consumerism. You know, every corporation out there just wants you to keep consuming, buying, buying, buying. And so, you know, we don't know the truth about our history. And like, you know, we don't really have the insights of what we should be putting in our bodies, when we should be putting things in our bodies, what leads to disease and sickness, et cetera, et cetera. And I believe that everything that's happening now is bringing all of that to light in many different ways. And a lot of people are probably, hopefully, starting to realize, wow, you know what, through everything that's happening right now in the world, what's actually most important is my personal health, mentally, emotionally, and especially physically, and all of those things are related. You know, your physical health is directly related to your mental health, and if you don't get that, then you really have a problem, okay? And your personal health is directly related to the impact that will be had on your children, on your immediate family, and in the network of people that you are involved with. If I'm super healthy and rocking and vibing and exercising and drinking water and doing things and on another level, which I am, every person that comes into my energy field or just into my presence is like, oh, there's something about this guy I really like. And they can't help it. I don't need to say anything. I don't need to preach. People just see me drinking water, see the types of plant-based foods that I'm eating, see the exercise that I'm doing, listen to the conversations that are coming up. They're like, oh, they can't help it. It's the same thing for me. You meet somebody that's high energy and vibing and doing good things in life. You just observe what they're doing and you tend to mimic the way that they talk, the way that they think, the things that they do, because you want more of that. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, the biggest thing I think is people are becoming aware. I need to be healthy. I want to be healthy. And there's a whole nother component. People, let's just be honest. People are scared shitless. Yes. Right. Massive. Because if I don't have money, you know, how do I buy food for my family? If I don't have money, like how do I pay my rent coming up? If I don't have money, like people, especially men, you know, in my opinion, men are like, you know, the householders, the ones that need to provide for the family. If all of a sudden all these things are happening and I can't make money, it's it's a big stress and it's a big worry. And I think men in general, we're already worried about this a lot. And all of a sudden you ch- chuck in 2020 and lockdown and job loss, all this stuff going on. It's fear mode. So what do we need to do to be secure in ourselves? What happens is when shit hits the fan, it comes down to I need to be able to eat and provide for my family straight up. So I got on heaps when this stuff first was going down. I was doing lots of live videos like, hey, guys, we don't know what this looks like. If all of a sudden there's a lockdown, you know, transportation systems and stores and food and restaurants, these things may collapse. You know, I was a Boy Scout growing up and a Boy Scout's motto is be prepared. So I don't live in fear. I have no fear of the future, but I'm prepared for it. I'm prepared for the worst, hope for the best and live like everything is fine all the time. But I could literally take this camera out and show you I have food storage galore for at least a couple of years. I have hundreds of kilograms of rice, garbanzo beans, lentils, peas, you name it, you know, an actual organic real food. Okay, I could go take these beans and peas and different things, you know, soak them, throw them in the ground, plant it and start to grow more of these things. Mm-hmm. This is what's actually most important. Having food security is num- food and water security, number one. Okay. So every time I was running these, you know, I pulled out, I got them everywhere. Like I've got this thing called Catadine, Catadine system. I can open this up. I can put it together. I can chuck this little thing in a lake, chuck it in a stream chuck it literally in like dirty, dirty water and pump out clean water. And this will give me a hundred thousand liters plus easy of clean water. And that'll fill. You've got them everywhere. What do you mean? You got them everywhere. How many have you got? I've got one in my backpack. I got one sitting here. I've got one in the closet. I've got one in my truck. Yeah. And I've, I've had this stuff for years anyway, just cause I'm a freaking be prepared geek, right? It's not like I, oh my God, freaked out and bought all this stuff. I already had a level of food storage, already had filters. You know, if I grab my backpack, I've got a life straw in there. You can still filter like 10,000 liters and it's just a little straw. You can go drink out of a stream, out of a lake, out of whatever you want. And some people might be watching this like, oh, this guy is, you know, super prepper freak. And it's like, well, no, I'm not. But, you know, I, I be of service, I have money, and I'm smart to make sure that I'm taken care of. You know, I pay rent a year in advance. You know, in the garage, I've got a generator that can fully, you know, power my house. I've got solar power devices that can power things. I've just got backup systems. I've got a huge petrol station that's full of fuel that I could run my motorbikes and <laughs> other stuff, you know, for months to come if if shit really hit the fan. I've probably taken it a little bit too far, to be honest. But, you know, taking it a little bit too far, it's like, cool, I'm done. If, if things keep going the way they're going, because a lot of people are talking about a second wave that's potentially coming. China's already saying they're seeing a second wave that's potentially worse. 
you know, when I see these articles and stuff, I'm just like, oh man, like, can we just open up and, you know, get back to a better normal? I don't want to get back to normal, just so you're aware. I want to get back to a better normal. You know, it's people like you that are coming up with solutions like you have that will be a better normal. These are things I've been talking about for a decade as well. Like, you know, instead of growing lawns, guys, how about every person, like, get rid of your backyard lawn, at least have a space to grow, grow some food, grow some beans, grow some peas, grow some carrots, grow some potatoes, whatever it is. And if everybody in a neighborhood or within a city, not everybody, but if a lot of people got together and said, hey, I'm going to grow corn or I'm going to grow potatoes, I'm going to grow sweet potatoes, I'm going to grow these, and then we just exchange this stuff, that's true food security. That's true like organic growing. Typically, if the people you know just get the right soil and do the right sorts of things, you know, and what you're doing with that to create an exchange where people can have access, because if things keep going the way they're going um, or even get worse, potentially, um, you know, there could be instead of just running out of toilet paper, it could be running out of actual uh, supply for essentials. Exactly. So you're referring to like we've obviously spoke last week about permacare. So if guys are like, oh, that sounds like a good idea, mm-hmm. that's our mission, right? And yeah. food security is it, when this whole thing started. Well, it was nearly three months ago now, eh? It started to shut down around February, end of February, March, April, yeah. May, June. She had nearly four months, eh? When it first yeah. started, I just saw the run on the shops. I saw the run on the seedlings. All the seeds in Australia got bought out. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the fragility of our food system and how everyone was freaking out, right? People are freaking out because of, like you said, food. How do I feed my family? And especially as a guy, like my first thought is I'm a provider. How do I provide for my family? How do I feed my family? And I don't feed my family with money, right? I use money to feed my family. (laughs) You know, so people are like, oh, I need to hoard money or I need more money. No, as you just explained, you got stores. Yeah, you got money as well. You got to have money, maybe some gold, silver, if you got that sort of stuff. But predominantly, where's my food coming from? And I believe that this is just the tip of the iceberg of what potentially may uh, change in our society. They talk about the new normal and I agree, I don't want to go back to that normal. But I looked at this and said, once upon a time, food was grown locally and consumed locally in Eastern Europe where I've spent a bit of time when my son was being born, we're over there and in Asia, you know, you're in Bali now, I've lived there for three years myself. We see that food is still part of their daily lives, right? The old, like in Eastern Europe, the old ladies are coming to the market, you know, driving up in their car and they've grown all the food and they're selling it at the markets. You'd same as in Bali, you go to the local Balinese markets there. I love about this place, um, which I don't see in places like, you know, Australia and the United States. It's almost like they've cleared out all the food and just planted some bullshit trees and shrubs and things that yeah, exactly. are probably poisonous that maybe look okay and produce air, which is great. But in Bali, you know, if, if shit really hits the fan, all I got to do is get on a motorbike or go for a walk. And there's mango trees, papaya trees, banana trees. There's food everywhere. It's all food. The whole billions of coconuts. Like I could just yeah. go up into the mountains and there's coconut trees absolutely everywhere. And I could take you know my little tools, create some little notches, climb that tree, and have an endless supply of good fats, hydration, the whole thing, which is great. But you know, you also want to have land that's yours, right? that you actually have your own stuff on 
because again, like you said, you, you know, you can't eat money, you know, in Australia, that's eating plastic in the United States, that's eating paper. You know, I do have gold and silver. I actually have a, a fair amount of gold and silver. And I think that's a smart thing to have as well. But again, you can't eat it. You can't. Eat so it. it comes down to seeds. It comes down to land. It comes down to growing or it comes down to some type of cooperation that's where you know, yeah. hey, if it hits the fan, you know, this is what I can provide. What can you provide? You know, how can we support each other? Yeah, exactly. So that's what Permacare is doing. So I, I saw the, the 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 fear, and I was like, okay, first thing we got to do is get people out of fear because we go straight into root chakra. How do I survive? Yeah. You can't innovate when you're focused on surviving, and we yeah. need to innovate our future forward because we can't just keep doing the same old and thinking it's going to get better. We need to be thinking. We need to be innovating, coming up with solutions of how to make this world a better place. So I was like, first thing we've got to do is take care of the food supply. It's going to take, not everyone was, well, I think of it like an old tribe, Tyler, you know, not everyone was born to be the hunter. Not everyone was born to be the gatherer. Not everyone was born to be the farmer today, but there is some people that are. And so if we can empower those people, connect them with land, they don't necessarily need to own the land because the way that the, the banks control land and the government controls land today, a lot of good people whose hearts connected to nature are not necessarily going to go and make a million dollars or get a bank loan for a million dollars to buy land out here in the back of the Gold Coast. But we've got some people out there who worked big in corporate, have some land, really like the idea of it, and we can connect those people and we can start to create this localized network. And I want to roll this out across Australia and New Zealand of local food production in our local community, in our backyards. So two things that does, in my opinion, is one is gives us the food security. So we now know, okay, I've got 100 families or 100 backyards in my local area that are growing food, but I've got Mm. 1,000 members here that are eating that food, right? Not everyone has to grow the food to eat it. It's then also taking that power back from, like you were saying, barley is, it's everywhere, Australia, America, and all these other places, the farmers have been pushed off the land. We've been completely taken away from the land. And if you look at Agenda 2030, and we can dive into some of that as well, the UN sustainability goals, part of that is about getting people off the land and back into bloody big cities, which is just ridiculous. So I'm saying flip the switch on that. Let's get small scale, not this monocrop bullshit all about profit. Let's get small scale localized agriculture people who want to grow to grow on the land to grow our community then has food but the second thing that i believe it does tyler and you're a big proponent of this with the seven principles of health our primary relationship with mother earth is our food and we're so disconnected from mother nature that we're living in massive amounts of anxiety and stress and depression we're so disconnected from her we're poisoning mother earth we're destroying mother earth we've got the greatest rate of extinction ever why because we don't have a deep and lasting relationship with mother earth because food has been taken away from our lives and that food is now monocropped way out the bloody it comes in plastic wrapped in coals you know even if you buy organic so if we can regain that relationship through our food knowing my food's grown by my next door neighbor or i go and meet the or i've got it in my backyard then that relationship deepens and no longer can we hurt mother earth because you'd be a psychopath to hurt someone that you have a relationship with it's like going and hurting your actual mother so that relationship i believe can start to heal the wound that we have of disconnection to mother earth disconnection to self 
through community, we can bring ourselves back into community. So I think the whole, uh, our solution lies in food, not only for survival and prosperity, but in also for our spiritual growth moving forward and taking care of the planet. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's uh, people needing to have the inspiration, the why, a really big why to really get them driven to get back into this process. And this is um, the why, this wake up. Totally. And, you know, the whole 2020 vision and becoming aware is like, let's actually look at the ingredients on everything that I'm buying. Yeah. We start to look at the ingredients, start seeing numbers on there. It's like, oh, why is there numbers in my food? Like, I didn't know we ate numbers. And you get out a simple app and you start looking up those numbers and finding out there are preservatives that lead to cirrhosis of the liver and lead to cancer. And there's artificial colors that cause ADHD. And there's all these things that are being put into food that are minimizing our immune system and causing major problems. So first and foremost, people with the awareness are like, oh, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have mental disorders because anxiety, depression, these sorts of things can actually or are actually caused by the things that we're putting into our body. Mm. Then we start to look at, you know, a lot of people are waking up to, you know what, I need to have probiotics. I need to have a good gut microbiome. A lot of people are hearing these kind of buzzwords uh, and the truth is your gut microbiome is a reflection of what's going on. If you're mentally having issues, especially depression, but also anxiety, also any type of disorders mentally, as above, so below, what's going on in your actual colon, you know, because that's where a lot of the, uh, you know, neuroprotective qualities and even serotonin and other things, there's more of that in your gut than there actually is produced in the brain. Yeah. And so we need to really educate people, well, how do I get the optimal health mentally, emotionally, and physically? That comes down to the gut. And the experience that I talked about before, where my dad actually takes me out and says, hey, here's a tomato. It's an heirloom tomato. Pick it and eat it, you know, chop it up, put some salt on it. And like having this experience of eating a tomato, like, oh my God, this is amazing. And being full and like, holy shit, like this is amazing. I can I can go to a garden and pick something and eat just one thing and the flavors and the way that it was grown, the energy of the soil, the fact that it was organic and it was composted. Like there is absolutely an energy there that most human beings have never experienced. Most human beings eating out of places, yes, we eat good food. Yes, we have awesome orgasmic things put together, whatever. But to actually get into nature and have the experience of just picking one thing that has been grown correctly with the love, with the soil care, with, you know, the type of thing where you actually have people that are interested in love doing that process, you eat that and it's just like there's a vibe, especially fresh. There's an electromagnetic field and an energy that comes into us that really brings about a whole nother level of life force, energy, even consciousness, I believe. And what's really going to come to the forefront is that when you just go into nature or your backyard, wherever these things are being grown, as long as they're organically grown, there are what are called elevated biotics that exist on the exterior of these fruits and vegetables before we scrub them and wash them clean, spray chemicals. That's the highest amount of probiotics that you could ever possibly get. And there are certain probiotics that aren't even really discovered, really, like millions of these things. If I just go actually pick some kale out of the garden and eat it without scrubbing it clean and being like a germaphobe, I actually eat dirt. You know, when I find good gardens and good crops, even a couple months ago, you know, I was, 
I was out in Australia. There's a big hemp farm. This guy was tilling all the soil. It's the most beautiful soil ever. I'm like literally just tasting it like, oh, wow, this is amazing. I'm eating some of the dirt. I'm picking some of the things from around there and eating it. And, you know, I have no worries whatsoever of getting sick because I have a really good quality microbiome. But when and we're eating a good quality microbiome because you're eating like that and you're so close right. to nature, not sterilized, washing your hands with this bullshit that they've got everywhere now in Australia or everywhere, like the spray Hormone stuff. Hormone disruptors, major Stay endocrine away. disruptors, yeah. major implications. Like even the World Health Organization you know, of all places, I don't promote them, but they've done the research and they're actually saying, stay away from antibacterial, stay away from these things because they've done research on frogs and cats and even humans showing that especially antibacterials are, you know, triclosan is one of them. And that's everywhere in Australia yeah. is a major endocrine disruptor. So causes thyroid problems, causes pituitary issues, adrenal fatigue, causes reproductive issues. You know, they, they've got the research and, you know, you can go to World Health Organization, just look up triclosan or look up antibacterials. They actually call it a threat to global health security Yeah, right. because by using even antibacterials on your hands, those antibacterials are going directly into your bloodstream. And once you have a certain amount of antibacterials, if you get if you actually get staphylococcus infection, if you get any one of these major diseases that people get all the time, antibiotics will be completely ineffective because you've been using antibiotics every single day on your hands and that sort of thing. And, you know, people just aren't aware of this. You know, I don't put on and everywhere I go in Bali, unfortunately, you go to any store here, you go any place, they're standing at the door with antibacterials for you to put it on as you walk in. And they make you walk in. Yeah. I'm like Suda Pot Makasi. Suda means already. Oh, Suda. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and I haven't, I've never touched this stuff. No, I, I they do it here too. At the market entrance, they've got this guy spraying and I'm just like, man, I, at first I was trying to educate and then I just realized if that's what people want to believe, then, you know, these conversations are great and there'll be people that are listening to us uh, now that are sort of already, it's like preaching to the choir a little bit which I'm yeah. okay with right now because there's such a division in all of this. Like you've seen it, I've seen it. You make posts on, on social media, on Facebook or whatever, and there's some people like, yeah, 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 that's awesome. And other people are like, you're the devil. What are you talking about? That's terrible. There's just this massive divide. Tinfoil hat on. Yeah, well, dude, so let's talk about some of the things that are going on. Obviously, food security, we're talking about permacare. Um, with what, what Our mission right now is to make sure that food's taken care of. If we got food taken care of, the rest of the, the stuff that we can we can now start to, again, innovate and we can start to come up with some solutions. So yes. this is and what I'm very passionate about. You start thinking correctly as well. You start questioning things, start looking into stuff because you have that. It's the people that are completely unaware of what's going on because they can only afford to eat McDonald's. They can only afford to buy the lowest quality foods in the shops. And that's the way it's designed. You don't have the it money designed. to afford really good food, then you become, you literally become stupid. But look at the other thing they do. So it's the food. And man, we're going to get heated on this stuff, but they do it with the food. So we got debt slavery. You know, there's most of the population is, is in complete debt slavery. We all are. We're part of the fiat currency system, but there's a few of us that have crawled to the top of the slavery pile. But there's money that are still stuck. Yeah. You know, most are still stuck in the bottom, unfortunately. So then you can't eat healthy food because it's expensive to eat healthy food. 
right? More expensive than buying like crap like McDonald's or even, you know, white wheat, you know, pasta or something every day, two-minute noodles, all of this business. And then the other thing is have a look, and I'll fucking say it straight out, this vaccination thing. This is slavery, mate. You can't afford to go and um, pay for your child for kindy, kindy or for daycare, all of this, and unless you're vaccinated. Like my little sister she had to get a baby vaccinated because she's like, Scotty, I can't afford not to because the government won't give me the Centrelink and I'm relying on Centrelink right now. I'm not working. You know, I've got two little kids, you know, both under three. I'm not working. Uh, I need that Centrelink. If I don't get vaccinated, I don't get Centrelink. That's, that's like they say it's not forced. Yes, it's forced. It's forced through the debt slavery system. So for me, a big thing about this is we got to come back into real community again, Tyler. And everyone's talking about tribe and community and all this stuff. No more conversation about it. We got to do it. We got to come yeah. together, grow food. We got to come together, educate our children. I don't want my son, who's now two, going to mainstream education to be indoctrinated to sit down, shut up, and listen. I want yeah. my son to be empowered through community, through leaders who are stepping up and saying, hey, what if we do this together? What if we co-create a future that we really desire? You know, so education's massive. The food supply's massive. You've been educating people for, you know, what now, 11 years in Australia and doing that with your dad for a decade before that, nearly 20 years, and your dad 30 years before that, about this way of living, now rubber meets the road. This can't be just a conversation of it's a nice to have anymore. Getting back to true optimal health is what we need to do so that we have the vitality, so that we have the energy to innovate, to co-create this future that is calling us. Because we've got a decade, in my opinion, these 2030 goals, this 20 yeah. Agenda 2030, like that's a real thing. Every the, person the, everywhere, all across the planet, fully vaccinated. That's the by agenda, bro. By 2030. By oh, 2030. They're straight up about it. By 2030. It's in their documents, man. It's in their documents. I I did some videos about this. So, you know, if there are any doubters, it's like I I did a live about this, a really good video. Uh, Ecamm, you can actually share your screen and go through. And all I did is I went to the CDC's website. I went to, you know, all these different websites that actually list the different, you know, schedules. Okay. So I was showing people by the time you're two years old, you need to have about 30 vaccinations. By the time you're 10 years old, I think it's like 45 or 50. I think it was actually 52. And most people aren't aware that if, if you're not up to schedule, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you need to be vaccinated. And they're thinking, oh, yeah, the kids that are born need to be vaccinated. Oh, well, I was and I'm OK. Yeah, well, when I was a kid, it was eight. Yeah. OK. It's now like it is up in the 40 to 50 range you know, which is a lot. Okay. That's a lot. And you got to understand baby. Yeah, exactly. And you got to understand that you are going to have to have all of those again, because when we actually look at the science, the actual immune qualities that are coming from these things will in some cases last five years, in some cases last 10 years, Hmm. but usually 10 to 15 years is the maximum where you might actually receive some form of benefit or some form of antibodies against a certain disease condition. So that means if you haven't received the entire schedule in the last 10 years, you will have to get up to date. Every human being, me, you, every human being will need to get those 50 jabs, okay? And they might spread it out. They might say, okay, we're gonna roll this out. And you know, whatever has to happen, pandemics, other things over the next 10 years, whatever has to happen to have every man and woman and child 
everywhere on the planet. And this is spelled out. I actually walk people through the World Health Organization, IA 2030. You know, it's spelled out. It's not a secret. They're saying this by 2030, every man everywhere will have the full schedule. And then I went to what the full schedule is for children and what the full schedule is for adults. And then I just picked out individuals. Okay, let's look at the DTAP. So I went to DTAP. I went, looked at pertussis. I looked at measles. I looked at a bunch of these different individually. And I actually walked through the side effects of just one. Okay. And I showed, okay, here's a study where they had 4,000 people. Here's a study where they took 10,000 people. Here's a study where they took, you know, a hundred people. And I had just walked through it and I said, okay, here's one vaccine. Here's 3,000 people that were tested. Let's look at the results. And you scroll down the page, and this is a government CDC listed website. This is them Mm. sharing the truth. All truth is available, but it's up to you to go and research the truth and educate and empower yourself, ignorance of which is no excuse, just like the law. If you break a law and you don't know it's a law, you're still going to go to court. They're still going to put you in jail or give you a fine, even if you were ignorant to the fact. And you could say, oh, well, I didn't know that was a law. Well, it's not up to us. It's up to you to actually be aware of that. It's the same thing with these vaccines. So I actually scrolled down and you can see the adverse events. And, you know, there was some of them, 50% of 3,000 people had X, Y, Z. And they were all given, these were minor types of symptoms and things. But then you get into the more severe side effects that are directly related Okay, all of the reporting events, it says right on there, all of these reporting events are directly related to the actual thing that we're testing. You you can see like, you know, 20% of people had like some major negative symptoms. Okay, and then people actually dying. Those numbers, yes, given, you know, somebody actually dying from a vaccination, those were like maybe 0.1% or 1% or 2%, something like this. So the, you know, the percentages of those things are very small, but they still do happen. Yeah. But the whole point is, you know, in the range of like, oh, there are actually maybe 10 to 15 or 20% of people that will have kind of severe negative effects from one. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. <laughs> then you start to say, we're going to have what, 30 of these, 50 of these? Are you kidding me? You start to research thimerosal, okay, yeah. which is mercury. And yes, mercury. a lot of them have yeah. that removed. But you start to look at aluminum, okay, and what that does to the central nervous system, what that does to neurons in your brain. You start to get into the facts. I share the science of it, and it's it's overwhelming. So that's just one subject yeah. that I could go off for ages oh, mate, on. The, the vaccine thing is something we could go on forever, but, again, solutions. So problem, solution. Problem, food, food security. Solution, grow it in our backyards, create an integrated food network. That's permacare. Right, yeah. and then we look at community, okay, well, education for, and and community. My sister, for example, kids. Well, even now, Andre, right now, my son, mm-hmm. um, kids can't go to school unless you pay full price, which we do. My sister yeah. can't. Got to get them vaccinated. Canada yeah. just passed a law two weeks ago. Can't go to primary and high school without vaccinations anymore in, in Canada. Tyler is what I was told. Yeah. That's coming to Australia soon too. Queensland is the only state that kindergartens will accept unvaccinated kids. And within six or 12 months, that's going to change as well. Homeschooling is becoming a big thing now, but it's very difficult to do on your own because you've got to work, two jobs, you know, two parents. So community, we've got to get back to real community. And I I believe that you look at, 
Okay, so check this out. How did we how did we get here? If we look at our history, we can get a good glimpse of what's what worked and what can work in the future. How did we get here? Tribes came together because if we worked in collaboration, we could prosper. We took down the bigger animals, we could hunt more effectively, we could fend off wild beasts or whatever. When we moved into agriculture, villages started because we worked together to grow food together. We always came together because of food because our primary means of survival was through food. So right now, knowing that we have to come back together, why don't we use the same thing that we united when we were hunter-gatherers, that we united when we were agriculturalists, and what about we do the same thing now because food's been taken away from us and we use food to unite us once more, not on monocrop farms but actually in small-scale localised agriculture. That's what I see can be the catalyst to move this from just mere thought and conversation about community community and actual guys let's do this together let's make this happen so we've started here on the gold coast and we're wanting to create a model that we can roll it out to other places yeah it'd be great to create those community sessions kind of like a farmer's market if you can get the people that love intentionality Like I've I've thought about that a lot as well. And look, I'm going to put this up here because some of you guys are wondering what the hell I'm bloody talking about. Go and have a look at permacare.org. You can have a listen to our vision. You can go and check out what we're talking about. But farmer's markets are awesome, but there's no intentionality. That's what they're lacking. If you can bring that together with the growers that go to the places, start growing the food, and then everybody bringing it together with a common intention of let's all come together and pick the foods that we want so that we can eat. But on top of that, Let's have conversations. Let's bring up speakers. Let's have, you know, let's talk about this vaccination thing. Let's talk about 5G and what's going on and what time, type of protection we need. Let's talk about, you know, who loves to educate children, you know, who loves, you know, daycares. And, you know, in every community, there's people that love kids between the ages of, you know, zero to three years old. And then there's people that really connect with kids from like three to eight years old. And then there's people that love like kids from eight to 12 years old. And let's find those people that love working with that and create our own, you know, daycares, our own education systems where we're sharing food, we're sharing ideas, we're helping each other out. And you know what? I like to go and do this thing over here and whatever. I'm going to provide that to you guys because you're helping take care of the kids and everything else. And it's just this big exchanging, beautiful space that is going to require, you know, somebody like yourself to like, and myself and other intelligent individuals to actually organize it, put the boots on the ground, get the stuff growing, get the exchanges happening and get people coming together. The thing I like about the farmer's markets is at least people are coming together once a week for a common vision of something, but then to actually, you know, sit down together, get to know each other, connect a little bit, you know, get over these bullshit things that are put in place to actually give each other a hug and then listen to what people have to say, Mm. you know, there's massive power in people. And that's what we need to remind ourselves of that when we come together, there's power of the people. And that's probably why what's happening right now is happening is to separate and segregate because everybody is easy to control. I can force you to do anything if it's just you. Yes. If I know that you got a bunch of friends in a network and you're all together, it's going to be really hard to force you to do anything because you got all that that backup. And we need to be each other's backup. We need to have each other's backs. We need to have people who really know the law who are willing to actually go. Because the truth is, if you want to send your kids to school and not do that, you can. 
there are always ways of doing it, but people aren't educated. So they just think, oh, well, they said, if I don't do this, I have to do this. So this is what I'm doing. That's because that person's not educated enough to actually do the research, look at the actual laws and be like, nope, that's actually, there are always clauses involved somewhere. Hmm. They just want you to think that there's not. Okay, but there are clauses, and when you get the right people going in and then saying, no, this is the clause, I'm, I'm going to do this, and if you want to hush-hush, okay, that's fine, but we need more lawyers and people going in and saying, look, you can't actually do that, and the and more people that us, speak yeah. against it, then it'll be like, oh, okay, we're going to have to let this happen, you know, we're going to have to step back, but the more people that just say, oh, well, I'm just going to do it and go along with it, they are part of the problem. Oh, you know what? I need the money. I'm just going to do it. We always have a choice. That's the actual truth. Nobody's forced to do anything. You always have a choice. That's the actual truth. And the piece that, you know, people are disempowered. Oh, I don't have a choice. No, you do have a choice. Mm-hmm. You can either educate yourself and find the way to go around it, or you just say no and deal with the consequences. And the consequences might be, oh, you know what? I have less money. But you know this, Scotty, just as well as I do. If you make a solid choice and you're committed and you stick to that, you will find a way. Something else will show up. You know, maybe this is the time where this solution is needed now more than ever so that people can be empowered to not feel forced. Because the truth is, if you feel forced and you go along with it and then there is some type of major, all of a sudden one eye goes this way and one eye is that way. And there's a little bit of mental retardation or you know, major ADHD symptoms. And a lot of kids, they're just perfectly fine. They can do everything. And all of a sudden they're just despondent, you know, or they all of a sudden like crying all the time, breaking out in rashes, things going on. It's like, you know, I absolutely will not ever allow something to happen to my children personally that could create a negative reaction where I have that regret and that shit on me for the rest of my life. That's why my dad does what he does. His first child He saw it. She was perfectly healthy, perfectly happy, went in, had that done. One eye turned a little bit sideways and she she's probably 46 now and still three years old in her mind. What? I don't know that. That's why my dad has such a massive vendetta against the entire system is because they destroyed his first daughter. Okay, which is my older sister. So I'm one of 11 brothers and sisters okay (laughs) yeah exactly all 10 after that have never had any of that so all 10 of us growing up still went to public school still ate all the shit still did all the things never got sick never got measles never got mumps never got chicken pox never even really got sick we were the healthiest out of the entire community Mm. healthy strong together doing our things while everybody else is getting this and still getting the very thing they were this against. Exactly. It's crazy, man. It's all, but I got to see it and I was like, Oh wow. Like, wow. I didn't know that about your sister, man. I didn't know that. That's why your dad got so passionate about it, which is then, you know, pushed it onto you as well. And you've been preaching yeah. this for a long time. Yeah, man, that's, that's crazy. And so many people have got wow. a similar story. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. There really are no anti-vaxxers until they see it for themselves. Like people are all like pro and then they see the damage and they start to research and then they become what's considered anti, but it's not actually anti. We're just, we're anti, uh, not testing and safety. Yeah, that's right. You know, imagine like, you know, uh, there was, imagine there's no safety protocols for cars. Okay. 
Yeah. Imagine like, you know that you could have a safety belt put in a car, but they don't do it. You know, they don't put an airbag in a car. You know, they could, but they don't do it. Imagine that there was no safety guidelines for your tires and they just pop and kill people, you know, and imagine you were so full on, like, imagine if you're out there like, Hey guys, we need seat belts and cars. Come on. Don't be stupid. And imagine if they called you an anti-car activist. Oh, they don't like cars. <laughs> Let's shun those people. No, I love cars. I'm just saying there should be safety Good guidelines. Yeah. That's exactly what we're saying for vaccines. There are no safety guidelines. And this is a fact. Since they got immunity from being sued, they stopped doing safety guidelines. And this is what, you know, the RFK, you know, Kennedy actually went into the Supreme Court and won the case because in the last however many years, years, 30 30 plus years, years, there's been no safety studies whatsoever. And And they had had to admit it. Yeah, they have absolute immunity. Let's just create whatever we want and inject it. We don't need the safety studies because we're immune. And if people get injured, then you go to the vaccine court, which is actually taxpayer dollars that pays for that. So you and I paying taxes are paying for all the hundreds of millions of dollars vaccine injuries. And the pharmaceutical companies are just laughing their asses off like, let's just create forced vaccinations by 2030 for everybody. It's a trillion, multi, multi trillion dollar industry, which would require to get that done. It would require some, you know, outbreaks, pandemics, so that, you know, we can get more people on our side. Yeah, yeah, push people fear. And years ago, he said there will be, you know, the head guy, there will be a surprise outbreak in this next administration before Trump was ever elected. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah, we, there's so much we could talk about with all of that stuff as well. Anyway, that's kind of off track and, and trying to get him out. I, I, I want to talk about so we've we got food, we got vaccines, we got this thing about 5G. Yeah, and you you're a solution oriented individual, which is why you and I have always got on so well. We're forward thinking, yeah. we're coming up with ideas. Tell us about what you're wearing right now, because I'm really keen to know more about it too, and what you're doing around. Talk a little bit about what 5G is and what's going on, and then uh, your solution to it. Yeah. So real quickly, you know, most people, if they've done any research whatsoever, um, are aware that electromagnetic frequencies do have some form of damaging effect, whether it's a 4G, 3G tower, 3G, 4G phone. When we have it super close to us, there is it gets to a level of ionizing radiation that actually is damaging. It heats, um, you know, it can literally cause damage to the DNA. So 5G is the next generation that is going up like not only better, but it's like 10 or 100 times better. You know, right now we're getting download speeds of, you know, 50 to 100 megabytes per second. This is going to be a gigabyte per second. Which, you know, when we talk about that, it's like, oh, wow, you mean that I can immediately download like an entire movie in like a couple of seconds, whereas normally that would take hours? Yay, that's amazing. There's so many benefits, but the drawbacks are the fact that they need to put these, you know, millimeter wave little frequency devices a lot closer. So they're going to put them in on street lamps. They're going to put them on hospitals. They're already doing this. They're going to put them pretty much everywhere so they can get really close and have this 5G connection. So from a tech side, it's awesome. From a a human health side, it's potentially majorly dangerous to the point that it can cause like death and brain tumors and this sort of thing to potentially just, you know, a problem. 
Okay. And there's a lot of people out there saying it's, you, you know, birds are falling out of the sky. This is going to kill you. It's the same frequency that the military is using with weaponry. And then you have people, you know, more on the like, hey, guys, yes, you know, there's a certain range that we shouldn't get into. And there's probably a range here that is going to be damaging. It'll probably lower your immune system, cause some issues over time and distance. Okay. But I think universally, everybody, from what I've been researching, everybody agrees that there is some type of damaging effect. To and what level? Well, to what level we don't know because one of the biggest yeah. arguments with 5G is there has not been adequate testing done and the industry, yeah. telecommunications industry themselves, on you know, in the courts have admitted that they've not done adequate testing to roll this out. And so a lot yeah. of the same as the vaccine thing, right? It's like, well, hang on a second. We just want to know that it's safe. Seatbelts are good. Safety's good. Yeah. We just want to know that it's safe. Why don't you just slow down with the new EMF? coming into our systems it could be yeah. damaging it could be completely terrible we don't know but let's just slow down a little bit that's obviously not happening it seems to be rolling out it's all across here on the gold coast already yeah so obviously we're solutions based people so immediately i start to look at okay well if they all of a sudden put up a 5g tower you know across the street from me or even a 4g tower i want to make sure that i'm safe so i start researching all the materials what could I actually do to be safe? I, you can go online, you can look up EMF clothing. Um, I started ordering clothing from around the world, you know, hoodie, underwear, pants, these sorts of things. I bought different monitors. So, you know, I've got a simple little monitor like this that you could get for around $100 that's actually quite accurate. You know, I turn it on uh, when it's showing green. I don't know if you guys can see that. I'm very close to my computer. Um, it's actually in the semi to dangerous range. When it goes up into the red, that means it's actually dangerous. Uh, I start to measure the environment everywhere and that I'm at. The e this is the EMF that it's measuring, right? The electromagnetic yes. frequencies. This is milli milliwatts per square meter. So if I just turned it on here, back here, it's probably not going to be much. Okay. So it's like green. Not, nothing going on. I start to move it up close to my computer. Okay, now I have some RF frequency that is yep. mid-range, you know, and that's the range where they're saying, hey, we should probably keep it under there. If I really put it up, you know, if I turn my phone on, okay, and this start, started to load up, it goes into 100%, like double range. And this is jumping from like acceptable to not so good to like majorly bad. And then, yeah, this is really bad, the top. So if you put that next to a phone that's actually downloading, which mine is now, it's in the red, which means if you put this up to your body, it's actually damaging, it's not good. Over time and distance, it's gonna cause some issues. So what I've actually done, I show you guys a video where I turn off all EMF frequencies except for my phone and I'll put it up and it's double red. And then I can literally like put it up to my head and put this inside and it will stop beeping. Now, the reason it's not still beeping now is because there's still electromagnetic frequencies coming this way, but I can wrap it in here and it'll completely shut off. So everything inside of this is completely gone. And there's different meters. So I got like, you know, some that are like really expensive down to the, like the cheap ones. And what people are asking, what is that device? So just tell them a little bit that it measures. Yeah, just tell them a little bit more of what that's doing. So this is really good um, because you can buy this and it's super cheap. 
Um, and I can re measure the RF. So that's the frequencies of cell phone radiation and cell phone towers and so Wi-Fi. Radio frequencies, RF. Radio frequencies, okay. Yep. That's what all mobile phones, Wi-Fi, and towers are putting off. And I've done this in Australia. I can be going down the street, and it's completely in the green driving along in my car, okay? And I'll see a tower, and you can literally see it start to go up as we're driving by a tower. It's still, you know, a couple hundred years. That Oh, massive, oh, massive frequencies, you know, because everybody needs to log on their cell phones and that's got to go kilometers away, right? So I'll be driving along in the car and you'll see it go up. And literally when we're under like the tower, it's in the red. Like it's actually irradiating those people to a degree that is beyond the regulation amounts. Like there are regulatory measures. I was just researching all this for Australia actually before we started this call because you can see where their regulatory levels are at, and it's still within like the yellow on here. Yeah, which right. means it's in the yellow. They're living by the standards of the law where it should be. But if you go to a mall, if you go to a hospital, if you go anywhere in the public, you'll be able to see where it goes into the red in so many different places. And all I have to do, literally, if you guys go to my page, just Tyler Tolman Facebook page, I've been posting these videos. Literally, where I put on my cell phone, it's in the red. I can put it up to my head with the hoodie on, like fully put it up to my head like this and take it from here, red, and then just go right inside. And you guys can see it completely shuts off. So and tell I do, us about this clothing then. So we understand that's the EMF yeah. and RF device that's reading the electromagnetic field. Those radio yeah. towers, you're saying they're putting off that really strong um, electromagnetic field, which is totally not natural. Our bodies aren't used to that. Um, yeah. The cell phone to the head thing, we know that it's causing brain tumors in people. The cell phone in the breast pockets causing breast. So it's that energy that's causing these this disease. But yeah. what have you created? So what are you wearing right now? And what is it? What is it like? It's stopping in some way. But tell us a bit a bit about it. So this is silver. Okay, like so the metal silver. silver. Yep. Silver, as a quality of the metal itself, is a blocker for electromagnetic frequency. So a lot of people have heard of something called like a Faraday cage. And you can put a Faraday cage around your bed. And all it is, is drooped silver. It's like a silver that is infused into nylon or infused into cotton. So you can make it into a fabric. Um, so when I went and bought you know, a lot of these products from around the world and they're expensive, you know, a pair of underwear is like $60 and I bought like 10 of them or something, but I'm buying all of these different products and I bring it home. And what they're showing is their uh, EMF reduction qualities and it's measured in what's called decibels. So it has, you know, this, the quality of the underwear, for Sam. example, some of the hoodies. Yeah. But it's decibels of energy. Mm -hmm. um, so Sam, I would look yeah, at it. Yeah. And they would have 40, like 40% 40 silver enmeshed into the material. And that would give like a 30 decibel reduction. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when I would take my cell phone, I would take my Wi-Fi, and I was testing these products myself, I would find that, yeah, there's a massive reduction, but it's still, it's still there. It's still going off. And I thought, well, what would happen if you went from 40% silver to like 100% silver? Well, you go from like a 30 decibel reduction up to like an 80 decibel reduction. And I'm researching the 4G, the 3G, and the 5G and looking at the megahertz frequencies of where these things are and their level of amplification, okay? 
And the studies that are being done now, 5G is fully pushing out right now, okay? And the guys that have like the multi-thousand dollar device that are testing it, what they're showing is with 100%, so one layer of this is 100%, it has like an 80% or sorry, 80 decibel reduction. So it actually works quite well. Meaning if I'm standing under a 5G tower with one of these devices, it's going off. Like there's guys, you can look on YouTube, 5G, you know, tests, experiment, whatever. There's dudes out there just walking around the city and even using, you know, 5G routers, like going up to them and getting, you know, 200 meters away, the thing is still at a super high rate. Then you can take 100% silver, put it over it, it completely shuts off. Or it gets it to the point where it's barely even reading. So the thing we got to understand is that when it's at this high, you know, milliwatt frequency, it actually is, it's almost like you're standing in the sun to a degree, like you're getting sunburned. But this is happening inside a house, this is happening inside a hospital, inside, (laughs) yeah, while you're sleeping all of the time. And people who end up becoming sensitive to it actually feel the burn. Like, you know, there are a lot of people that become sensitive probably because they live by a tower, probably because they've been around, had overexposure, whatever it is, but they can actually feel the burn that's happening. So, And our kids today, Tyler, speak of sensitivity, before you continue, our kids are being born more sensitive. Like these indigo right. kids, whatever you want to call them, our kids are more sensitive. Probably. And if you fast enough, like you and I yeah. have done a lot of cleaning of our bodies, I'm way more sensitive now that to energies, to, to the physical reality than I was 20 years ago when I was eating hamburgers and chips like you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, as we are becoming closer to who we truly are here to be, we're more sensitive to these energies. And now these energies are increasing. We're going to have more yeah. effects of those. Yeah. So essentially I said, well, look, I don't want to, I want to create a product that's going to protect people straight up. Babies, kids, teenagers, adults, men and women. I want to create a clothing line that looks good, that's fashionable. So we actually, this one's the the pure silver one. So this actually looks like 5G wear. It's actual silver. Um, And the thing you got to understand is like this is doubled. So even with a a single 100% layer, it has an 80 decibel drop. I've actually doubled that. So I'm putting in two layers because... We don't actually know where this is going. You know, you got you got the actual Telstra and AT&T and companies that are like showing us the ability of 5G and they're going out and measuring it. Like, look at this, guys. We're getting one gigabyte per second download at 250 meters. And this is you got to understand that the 5G rollout right now is still within the megahertz frequency of 4G. Okay, it's 650 megahertz to be exact. 600 to 650 megahertz, which is already where 4G and 3G is at. They're rolling it out with a different millimeter wave, which means, yes, it's going to increase the amount of download, but it's not going to be until probably three to five years from now that they have the ability, it's the technology's ability in three to five years to increase. They're going to slowly increase the frequency so that within five years, it will be between the 26 to I think like 36 gigahertz frequency, not even megahertz to the gigahertz frequency. So, you know, this is like thousands of times 
thousands, literally, of times more than where anything is currently out, even the 5G stuff. So I'm thinking, I'm forward thinking like all these people coming out with 5G protection and producing clothing with 40% silver. Yeah, that's great. It's protection for sure, no doubt about it. But in two to three years from now, when this stuff starts to boost, it's probably not gonna be what we really want. So I'm already forward thinking, thinking 100% Silver is what we need to start with, and we need to be thinking even doubling that to like 200%. And the thing is, when you go from 100% to 200%, it's not just a doubling. The GSM, grams per square meter, going up that much, it's not a doubling. It's almost like 10 to 100 times more protection if you guys kind of get where I'm coming from. Exponential. It multiplies. It doesn't just add. Because it's such a big layer of silver nothing's penetrating it. And when I say nothing, yeah. Very little. You're suggesting that people in the coming years really need to be wearing a protective clothing for EMFs in order to stop that electromagnetic frequency disrupting the natural biorhythms of the human body. We already should be. Already right now. And even in the future, like you're saying, it's going to be even more crazy, but right now we should be. With If people really did their research on 3G and 4G, like if people were as awake as what we are now and testing and worried about it, we would have already had this clothing, you know, 10 years ago, you know, when 3 and 4G like rolling out, like mm-hmm. somebody should have already been developing this and maybe at the 40% where some of these people are at. But if you're forward thinking about the future, like right now, everybody, in my opinion, should wear pants and something like this, where at least if you see a tower, or if you want, you know, if you want to be a nerd like me and carry it around and just where know can when people it, buy those. Yeah. We had a couple of questions there. Okay, so this is if you type it in E N V, just type it into Google E N V, and then space R D dash ten. You can buy that, and you can get it right in Australia. It's probably one of your cheaper versions, but it's super sensitive. So you can measure cell phones, Wi-Fi, and just walking down the street, you know, most of the time it'll be in the green. But if you're getting close to a tower or getting close to something that's really full on, or you put it close to your phone, it's going to read what's going on. I want to test my house. I want to go to my office yeah, yeah. and go to my office and see, and I want to go to my house and my bedroom. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that's I go right. in the living room. I go in the office, and I especially go up in my bedroom. So when I have my Wi-Fi on at my house, I only have one station. When I go in my bedroom and put this on the bed, every part of the bed is completely green and it starts to go up when I get to my front door of my bedroom upstairs. Yeah, right. So I turn it off anyway. Yeah, but even if I didn't, at least I wouldn't be sleeping in it. Yeah. But a lot of people aren't aware there's like hot spots in the house. I don't know why this happens, but like I can go into my living room and yes, it's up a little bit. But, like, I can sit on the couch and it's red for some reason. Literally. And I move over, like, a couple of feet and it goes down. And it's like there's literally a hot spot on one area of my couch. Could, could be in the house, like the uh, the metal in the roof Something or the walls. Because like, wiring, wiring in your roof, like the electrical wiring that they run, actually yeah. releases EMF. This actually measures. So you can change the setting to LFE or LFM. And that measures actual electrical yeah, right. devices. Okay, so you can get electromagnetic frequencies that are specifically measured from like smart meters, 
um, you know, AC current inside of your house, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Like you can go along the walls and find out where your wires are with this. You can yeah. sit on the couch, James. but then you switch, switch it to RF and that's only going to pick up the damaging frequencies from Wi-Fi routers, cell phones, et cetera. Love it. James is asking, what's your affiliate code? You're really selling it. And it's a great thing. But more yeah. importantly, we're just messing around with this box thing, but your clothes that you've got here uh, with the silver lining, <laughs> clothes with the silver yeah. lining, how good is that? I love it, Tyler. Um, where? So are they on the market yet? Are you are you ready to start we're, selling them? Or? We're in development. I want this to okay. be like, I want for this to be the best protection worldwide. Okay, like it looks that's really my comfortable goal. too. Like it doesn't. Yeah, it, it looks like chill. I'm just wearing. I'm wearing this. You're wearing that. I mean, it just looks like a piece totally of clothing. I'm in Bali, so I can wear this and still be comfortable. Um, we also have thick hoodies for like Melbourne or any cold climates, like fully thick rock and hoodies, men's and women's. We've got pants. Uh, we've got actual like what looks like a mask, so you can put on a full mask Ski where mask you can like. Up. Yeah, you could take the head off. You could pull it down, just have it around your neck. You could wear it as an actual mask like that. Current day, that's pretty acceptable. Or you can pull it up and you have, you know, you have like full protection on your whole head except for, you know, a little space. Um, so, so development you know, mode now, how long until you start rolling these out? So what we want to do is have a wide variety and a range. We want to get feedback from people like, hey, you know, we want to put out the prices because it's not cheap. But the cool it's thing silver. is, yeah, the cool thing is like even the cheap stuff, the 40%, we're still pretty much on par with their pricing, but we've put a lot more material into the clothing or we're going to do it with just the material. So, but a, a, a jumper, let's say like our really thick hoodie is probably going to be like $330 for a hoodie. Okay. I pay more than that at the local hiking store for a, a lot of branded stuff already is yeah, that price. Totally. So it's going to be probably around $330, uh, but we're going to have a pre-launch or it's, yeah, it's pretty much a pre-launch discount of about 20%. So probably in the coming weeks, we're going to launch it. Okay. Oh, when we launch it, people can order for 20% off. They can get hoodies, they can get pants, they can get all the different stuff. Uh, 20% off, which is quite a lot. It's like 60 bucks, right? It's like $60 off. Um, but it might be probably six to eight weeks before they get it. So we we're making everything here in Bali. So, you know, putting all the material together, building it into the clothing, getting all the sizing, you know, realistically, we're probably actually eight to 12 weeks for delivery to your home. Cool. Um, but what that's going to do is if you order a 20% off, it's it's going to give us the funds to actually go and make the stuff, make it happen and get this out, you know, on a worldwide market. We're going to start with adults clothing first because you got to start somewhere. Uh, and then as soon as we have enough funds, we're going to start making, you know, stuff for toddlers. You know, we've even thought about making like a dog line for dogs that can wear little, you know, little dog clothing. People love that shit. I have a little chihuahua, so I'd love to make him a little thing. <laughs> But, you know, I have kids too. So, you know, I've got a grandson who's only two years old. I want to make stuff for him. I didn't know you had a grandson. Yeah, I'm a granddaddy. (laughs) That's awesome, bro. You're too young for that. but Yeah, so this is where it's at. Um, Right now, um, it's called I Am Empowered. So uh, without the E on the end, I Am Empowered. And we'll have little, just little cute, you know, logos. I got a hat, actually. Check it out. 5G hat. 
Oh, no way. That's awesome. Yeah. So full on, just a regular hat. It'll have like iron empowered. You know, we'll probably just have a little tag. We're not going to do like big logos and stuff like that. In yeah. fact, we might even make it an option. You can just get it clean or you can get it with the simple logo. Uh, but it's I am empowered as a brand. If anybody goes to Tyler Tolman, uh, Facebook, my personal page, they can like it. And I've actually, you can watch their simple little videos where I show like what looks to be like a hundred percent protection. It just completely shuts off. Cool. Um, and I'm going to continue, you know, buying different testing devices, doing different tests on Wi-Fi, 3G, 4G. Unfortunately, and fortunately, there is no 5G here in Bali, which thank God there's not. But that also makes it so I can't actually test the 5G clothing with local towers and things like that. Hmm. So anybody, you know, wants to message me if you got a 5G tower somewhere, maybe we can give you a discount. You can buy one of our products. We'll send it to you before the actual launch date. Uh, if you can get one of these meters and do some testing in your area, that would be fantastic. It's a good idea. I like it. Tyler, so you've got the solution, um, interested in the face number, you've got the solution for 5G, which is a big talking point right now. I know there's a lot of good people out there working on solutions for uh, the vaccine thing. A lot of lawyers, um, a lot of community groups. We're doing a lot of work here on the Gold Coast as well uh, to to work out ways around that. Um, And then obviously we're working with Permacare for food security, making sure that we have uh, an integrated local network for food security. There's a lot of different things that are going on in the world right now, but uh, it's it feels like these three topics are pretty much the biggest, right? Yeah. So, f- you know, where is that? And that's not really been spoken about, although on SBS a few nights ago they had a whole thing about a f- food security in Australia. So it is starting to be in the mainstream media, if you call SBS yeah. the mainstream media, um, which people are starting to realise that, you know, there is some problems here. Um, I think the the economic system is the other one that we really need to be uh, looking at and in terms of, you know, our own survival here and our own prosperity. Again, back to food. Um, mate, this has been a great conversation. I know you got to head off in a second. You've got to call. So I want to do this again. Yeah. Well, worst case scenario, you could always melt it down and sell the silver. <laughs> sell the silver <laughs> for probably more than $300. Mate, silver's expensive. I'm, I'm yeah, never going to yeah. melt down my wedding ring, though. I'll, I'll always keep that. But, um, mate, love your heaps. You are a bloody champion. This has been a really fun conversation. I definitely want to dive in deeper. So, guys, if, you, if you're just new to Tyler, um, I didn't get you to share this over on your personal page. I usually do this so that your people see it live as well, but all good. Maybe you can do that after. Um, okay. if, you're just new, if you're just new to Tyler, go and find Tyler. Uh, Tyler Tolman, just search it or go to tylertolman.com. Uh, probably jump on your email list there as well, mate, and you'll have uh, information coming out about this clothing plus, plus more stuff around health. Uh, which is really powerful. Um, And guys, if you are on the mission for food security and prosperity, go and check out, I've actually got the link over here, permacare.org. That is our mission here. We're on the Gold Coast and Brisbane and Northern Rivers of Australia, Uh, but you can go there and get more information about localized food security. Permacare is on the mission for that. Uh, But otherwise, Tyler, man, anything else you want to leave people with right now? No, I just would like to say I love what you're doing. I would love to collaborate. Um, food security is massive. Education around, you know, vaccinations and even what's being put into our food and education about electromagnetic frequencies and at least having some level of awareness and protecting ourselves in some ways moving forward is really important. Uh, one in two people in Australia actually will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime. And that's mm-hmm. statistics straight from Health and Welfare governmental website. 
50% of all people. And those numbers are only going to go up. Um, so it's important just to become educated. You know, we can still be fashionable. We can still get out and live our lives and, you know, be happy and not be tinfoil hat wearing people, you know, silver but hat wearing people. Right? Wear exactly. <laughs> so we can make it look cool, you know, and just get out there and wear nice stuff, but have a level of protection, which would be good. Be Again, uh, Tyler Tolman.com. If you really want to follow me, it's easy. Just T Y L E R T O L M A N Tyler Tolman.com or just Tyler Tolman on Facebook. Follow me, look at what I'm doing, get educated. I've got pretty much everything that I share. I share for free. Uh, somewhere. Uh, we got different groups, you know, tens of thousands of people becoming educated, coming together, especially in Australia. But we got a lot of people in the UK, uh, a lot of people in the US and around the world. So hope to see you guys uh, that are watching this. Get educated, get empowered. I am empowered. Uh, and hopefully we'll do another podcast soon, brother. Yeah, keen as. And I'm keen for the collaboration, mate. I mean, we've been doing this for a decade now together and it's now more than ever that leaders need to come together and link arms and empower for other sure. leaders to come together and link arms. And we're gonna we're gonna not only get through this, but create a new way of living that is yeah. the Garden of Eden is how I see it. Yeah. Permacare in every city around Australia would be ideal. Exactly. And then people out gardening in their their five G clothing, if or really standing up and becoming educated and stopping the rollout and going with uh, some other method that's it's not dangerous yeah totally yeah all right man. conversation about that guys share this with the people that you love thank you tyler get over and follow tyler go and check out permacare.org and uh love you heaps love you brother see you soon see you guys thank you so much <laughs>